0: Welcome to StrikeDeck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by StrikeDeck and the Success League. StrikeDeck is a customer success automation platform that helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The StrikeDeck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for the organization. We also offer training programs for CSMs and customer success leaders. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Heyer, and I'm the host of StrikeDeck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. Today, I'm joined by one of my favorite customer success leaders, Chad Hornfelt. He's an active and avid member of the customer success community in New York and the vice president of customer success at Updater. He's also a longtime listener of StrikeDeck Radio. Bonus points for that. And Chad and I could pretty much talk all day about customer success, any topic. Um, Today, we're going to be focusing on productivity and how customer success professionals can get more of it. So, Chad, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Kristen, for having me. Uh, As you mentioned, I'm a big fan of the show and what you're doing in customer success.
0: Thanks. Um, You're one of the few people I know who was in customer success back in 2005. That's definitely before customer success was a big thing. So, tell us about your career journey.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't like to date myself, but I guess I have.
0: <laughs> Little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's reality. It's, it's great. I mean, I was a consultant. That's kind of where I started uh, for a boutique um, consulting firm in Toronto. Uh, that's where I'm from. Okay. And uh, we build cus- custom web apps there uh, for the nonprofit and consumer good space. And uh, I heard about Eloqua, uh, which is a marketing automation company, but this was before this marketing automation was a thing. And um, was able to get into the door there, and you know, Eloqua is an interesting company. It was a very early SaaS company, and we eventually, we essentially invented the marketing automation space. So this is kind of where Marketo and Pardot and others play today. Uh, and so what I learned is, like from my early on, early career, I loved consulting uh, with clients and just helping them leverage technology. Uh, and so you know, at Eloqua, I was really able to take that experience that I had as a consultant. And, and maximize that because we realized really early on at Eloqua that if we helped our clients get value and made them successful, they would tell others, and and that's really how we grew. Uh, and my experience there, I, I just ended up staying in customer success. A lot of people moved into different areas of the business because within customer success, you can do so many things. But yeah. I really the leadership path and moved into leadership roles. And when Eloqua was eventually bought by Oracle. And this is around uh, 2012 in, in 2013, uh, I moved to a different company that was started uh, by one of the the original CEO of Eloqua's name is Mark Organ and joined. Uh, and, and I was able to you know, help build that customer success team almost from scratch. Uh, and so that was you know, just presented a really great opportunity. And from there, um, eventually moved out here to New York City. Uh, And and really what it comes down to is, you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of customer success and helping others. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm I'm writing about customer success all the time.
0: Fantastic. And now you're working for Updater. So tell us a little bit more about that company and your team there.
1: Yeah. So Updater is a really interesting company. I mean, it's a software company. And what we do is we create these amazing tools for consumers that are moving. Uh, You know, because let's face it, you know, moving is a pain in the ass. It's like, yeah. Everyone, you know, not necessarily dreads it, but there's just so much that you need to do. And so what we do is we create a personalized experience that helps people complete all of their moving-related tasks. So if you need to forward your address, if you need to update your accounts, switch your utilities, find, you know, a deal on cable Internet. Uh, We even now provide real-time quotes for moving companies. So, And we do this all online. So, you know, all those things that were really a pain, we simplify it. And we're growing very quickly here. So we now process about 20% of all the household moves in the US on an annual basis. And and that's growing. So
2: wow, yeah,
1: we, we really um, are that go to app that people will, will use when they're moving.
0: Very cool.
1: Yeah. Um, and then in terms of You know how the the customer success team fits in so what we do as a company here at updater is we partner with real estate companies so okay companies like property management corporations and real estate brokerages and what we do is we work with them because they will leverage updater for their clients and their customers and their residents and so it's a really interesting model it's not a traditional you know b2b it's it's this b2b to c where we work with these clients and they will um, have their um, end customer use updater. Um, So our focus is on the moving experience and our focus is on the consumer. Um, But my team is all about delivering value and an amazing customer experience for those real estate partners. Um, So, so yeah, very interesting. And um, from a structure perspective, you know, this is something that's always changing, like, like all growing startups. Um, My team, it, it consists of four teams. So three of the teams, are structured around our customer or our client. Um, mm-hmm. So these are real estate brokerages or property management corporations or moving companies. So they're very, very customer so- focused. And then okay. there is an operational group that helps enable all of those groups. Um, and um, you know, now I report to a new GM that will sit over both sales and client success. And, uh, and that's how we roll.
0: Cool. Um, that's great. It's I love hearing about the structure and how people have their teams put together. I really like hearing about the B2B to C thing. I think more and more companies are facing that and realizing there are different sets of stakeholders that customer success needs to be responsible to. So thank you for bringing that up. When we were making our plans about what to talk about on this podcast, you brought up about 12 different topics, but the first one was productivity. And I think you and Sonia, our producer, and I all kind of gravitated toward that one. It's such a critical topic in customer success, but I'd love to hear why you're so passionate about it.
1: Yeah, I think that one of the the things that I've been um, exposed to is is just as a customer success manager, someone who's sort of grown up in this space. Um, you know, I've I've managed a lot of clients. I've had a huge book of business. I've also managed large teams. And, you know, besides, you know, my working, you know, time, I I have a very long commute. I have three young kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at the end of the day, like, you know, your time is so precious. And that's why I really think productivity is so critical. So there's so many things you can do. Um, And, and I'm not saying I'm an expert here on this, but I have found some approaches that I've found to be helpful and successful. And, you know, anything I can do to help others, that is something that I'm looking, um, you know, to expose.
0: Cool. When when you say productivity, I kind of, my brain goes immediately to time management, but I suspect it's broader than that. So how do you define productivity in terms of customer success?
1: Yeah, I think that um, a lot of people think of, you know, time management as, you know, this Thing that you're doing today or like a daily ritual and and i think you need to think more broadly about it and, and be very strategic about your time you know as i mentioned like that is really the most precious thing that you have and the way i think about productivity it's not just changing your day it's like changing your life um and and it goes well, well beyond you know working um it's it's really all about doing the right things um, uh, both at life and and you know at work so um and i, I think there's there's three parts to it that I've sort of hit on and one is reflection. So reflecting on, you know, what you've done, like what are the things that have gone really well? What are you most proud about as an example, or what are the stakes you've made? Mm-hmm. Um, there's the prep part. So planning out your week, you know, who should you meet with? What are the agendas that you should have? Uh, what should Who should you not meet with?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then the last one is like monitoring, like, you know, just looking at your dashboards, um, looking at, um, you know, and it's again, like not just your, your work dashboards, like it could be, if you have a personal goal of running and you have X amount of steps that you want to hit, um, you know, on a weekly or daily basis, like that's part of it. And then, you know, blending all that information back in and then planning out, you know, where you want to take on next. So, so yeah, I mean, I really look at it as, as, as something that is, is, just well beyond, you know, time management or that day to day, you know, time savings.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, time management is a part of it, though. So, what what do you think gets in the way of effective time management for CSMs?
1: It's hard. I mean, the you know, with CSM, as a CSM, like you you have like, okay, this is what, this is what I'm going to do today, and I'm going to have the day all planned out. And then emergencies come up, and you know, clients will say, Hey, I've got you know this problem. I need your help with that. Uh, I, I think. Some of it, though, is revolves around planning and, and preparation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So from what I've seen, uh, you know, some CSMs will kind of focus on either their inbox, like what are the inbound emails they're getting, or what are the clients that are screaming the loudest. And and what I find is that when people are overwhelmed, it's typically not that they have too much work, uh, although that might be the case, but. Usually it's more around prioritization and where, you know where you need to focus on. So, you know, of course, time management is part of it. Um, but, uh, but obviously there, you need to have a goal. Like You need to be have things that you're focused on. And if you, you have that, those emergencies and things will come up, but you still remain focused on what's that most important thing that you need to do. And, and I think that there's a leadership um, part of it, too, from a CS perspective. Like if you don't have the right processes and systems in place, to help prep and, and monitor things that are going on, you know, you're really doing your team a disservice. It's, it's part of why, you know, we've put a strong operational focus here at Updater. Um, and then also from a CS leadership, you know, you need to make sure that you're hiring, you have a hiring plan in place, like that your team is not completely overwhelmed uh, and you're able to account for, you know, as you grow, what that plan is. So I, I do think there is multiple components to it. Uh, But but I do feel that a lot of it does come down to what the CSM is doing on a day-to-day basis, like what are their daily practices?
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think um, one thing in that area that I've found really helpful for myself is um, comes out of the seven habits of highly effective people. And it's thinking about the things that you need to do in terms of their level of urgency and their level of importance. And you can almost come up with like a quadrant chart where there's things that, are very urgent that kind of come at you, um, but are not really very important. there's things that are important, but not super urgent. And then there's things that are both and there's things that are neither. And if you think about all of the things that you have to do in those quadrants, it can help you stay very focused on the things that are important, which is what you should be focusing on. So that I, I like that little tool in that area. Personally, I don't know if you've run into that or used that at all.
1: Yes. I, I am a big pro- proponent of Kobe and and, yeah. and, and, and I tell my team, cause I'm really guilty of this as well. Like I come up with ideas. I'm like, Hey, you know, we thought about this. And, and, the, and I said to them, guys, like whenever I come up with ideas, like just challenge me on it and just say, Hey, <laughs> yeah. this is what I'm focused on. So, you know, what do you want me to drop Chad? And, and it's good. Those are good conversations. So we're all guilty of those things that, you know, over promising um, having too many things that we want to get done. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's just something that it's good to have a good conversation. I love Kobe and, and I do, you know, test people on my team to make sure they're focused on the right things and also, you know, make sure that it's safe for them to challenge me as well.
0: That's great. What, what tactics do you coach your team on when they run into time management or productivity issues? What are your go-to time management strategies?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing that we started to implement here, and again, like kind of looking at it from the high lo- high level, is um, you know something called OKRs, the you know objective key results. I think it's something that Google um, made really popular. And at the outset, like it doesn't matter what you use. There's many different approaches you can you know was KPIs or um, you know um, and, uh, by business objectives. Mm-hmm. The, you know you really need to have just high level focus. And part of the job from a CS leader. Is to take the company objectives and translate those into, for you know, for the CS team. Like, what does that mean for the CS team? Right. What should they focus on? And then you kind of cascade down from there. And so, you know, what I've done is I've created high level objectives uh, and key results at the uh, department level. Then I've asked my leaders to create team level um, OKRs, and then those then they'll translate down further into individual OKRs. So I think that's where you need to start. Okay. And we we did that um you know we you know I haven't been up here too too long so we started that and we had you know we didn't it didn't come off all you know roses and everything like <laughs> um you know what happened was is that people were over ambitious they took on too much it was a little too complex so we we're, now we're, we're rebooting it we're making it we're simplifying it and and I, and I think it's fine like you know you you learn from it. Right. Like you have to start somewhere.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for being willing to share that it didn't go perfectly the first time. Because I think that a lot of the stuff that people share on the podcast, everyone just sort of assumes that right out of the gate everything was perfect. And right out of the gate, very few things are actually perfect. So <laughs> thank you for, for sharing that.
1: Yeah, like we, we did a retro and um, is you know, it came like the OKRs came out on things that went well and things that didn't go well. Because people did like the focus, they did like the fact that they could actually say no to things. But what happened is that they had things that came up, and they didn't, and and they were more important. But they didn't go to their manager and say, "Hey, I got to do this." They just sort of did them, and then didn't, you know, remove things that were there, and and it caused a lot of angst because they wanted to get their OKRs done. Um, Right. they're hitting their their targets, and the other thing is that they didn't create project plans for certain things, so they didn't estimate well in terms of how long some of these projects would actually take. Um, and, and again, like I, I will take full responsibility for that because uh, I kind of went into it saying, "All right, let's do this, and you know, let's see w- you know where this will take us." Um, but I also think that you need to empower your team, and people need to learn through experimentation. and And it was great. I, I think that we're gonna, we're going to relaunch this. The team is fired up um, and we're much more focused there so so that's one of the things I think the other thing is you know on the time management like beyond like the high-level stuff you know if I see one of my direct reports like stressed out I go through a prioritization exercise with them I think similar to the Kobe example that you mentioned and just get them to list out all the things they're working on and I kind of help work through with them like what are the most you know urgent items what are the most important things and what are the things that are not important? And, you know, I also want to make sure that things that I've, you know, outlined to them, that they are, you know, putting that at the right prioritization. So a lot of times it's just kind of talking it out and, and kind of getting that person back on the right track. Uh, and, and that's really all someone really needs. It's just the coaching aspect.
0: So Chad, when you and I had our initial planning session, we touched on technology, and I have to admit, I'm kind of low tech on the productivity slash time management front that way. I use a planner for notes. I found personally that I have to write things down physically to remember them. So um, that's what I do for notes. And then I book up my calendar for meetings and to do so that I don't lose track of things. And that helps me keep my email inbox clear. But do you have a technology you like or recommend to your teams?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think to your approach, I think it should be, you know, similar to everyone's approach. Like, you know, people manage their time differently. Um, they use di- different techniques work for different people. I think trying to impose certain things on people, I think it'd be a little restrictive, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, you just need to get your stuff done and like, yeah, we could standardize on certain tools, but I think people are just going to use the tools that I think work for them. So, yeah. So, so for me, like I've tried different things. Like I've tried Trello and, you know, the get things done approach and, and other, you know, Kanban and other things like what I, what I found that works best for me as a combination of things, I use Evernote to write things out. I find that when I have something in my head, I need to write it down or I'll lose it. And, or I'll have some, you know, anxiety that like, Oh, I should write this down. Um, yeah. so I do that. And then what I, what I've started to do is I've created a notebook in, um, in Evernote where, I, on a weekly basis, I'll create, these are the tasks that I want to get done for that week. Um, I'll have annual goals. So I'll create an annual note in the same kind of notebook. And I'll also create like a quarterly one as well. Uh, And so that way I I do like a weekly reflection and look to see that, Hey, am I doing the things on my weekly tasks that I, that are going to, you know, roll up to my quarterly, roll up to my annual. Um, And then in that same kind of weekly, I just jot down ideas And I like Evernote because it's, you know, cross platform. If I think, you know, it syncs it up, I can search through it. But again, like whatever works best for you, you know, and and I use my calendar as well to make sure that the stuff that I have in there relates to the tasks that I need to get done. Um, I also use this this tool called Grid Diary, which which is a mobile app. I use that for reflection. So I mentioned, you know, earlier on where I, you know, ask myself questions like, hey, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, what am I most proud of? Um, what questions do I want to ask today uh, from certain people? Who do I want to learn more about? Uh, what are some of my own personal learning goals? Um, these are some of these things that I reflect on almost on a daily basis. Uh, and, I, and I find this, this grid diary is really good for that because it, it reminds me and then I can kind of go back and look to see how I answer certain questions.
0: I like that. Did, tell me more about that. Does it does it come up with questions for you? Or do you put your questions in there? How does that work? It's both. Oh,
1: okay. It will come up with some really cool questions. And then you can just adjust it based on what is best suited for you. So, you know, it's like, you know, what word would describe yesterday, or um, the one that I love, and I asked this of my team, you know, if I see people, you know, at coffee in the morning, like, hey, like, what are you gonna get done today? Um, you know, I, I heard I think box uses something like that. And, and I've, incorporate that only not only for myself but I ask people and I feel like it's a good get you know question that gets you focused um and I love that and what I do is I do that on my morning commute Mm -hmm. and then when I work I'm literally all fired up because these are the things I'm going to get done and um I've done my reflection and you know I'm just um all, all set to have a really productive day
0: That's super cool. I'm going to check that one out. I I like that idea. And I think it could really help with journaling and reflect, like you said, reflecting on what either what you're going to do or what you did and what went well and what didn't. So I'll definitely check it out. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with the rest of the interview in a minute. Today, I'd like to talk about one type of consulting engagement we offer at the Success League. Customer success deep dives last between three days and two weeks and are focused on helping companies plan a customer success program tailored to their organization. Common deep dive topics include metrics and goals, hiring and compensation, customer journey mapping, and segmentation. Each deep dive session includes concrete deliverables like business models and annual plans that you can quickly put to use. If you need help with planning for 2019, a deep dive engagement is a great way to kickstart your efforts. Visit the consulting page on our website, thesuccessleague.io for more information. I also want to mention StrikeDeck's new Customer 360 template. This free download is the best way to figure out if you're ready for a customer success tool. It is an automated spreadsheet that will help you keep track of all your current customers, generating an individual health score for each one. Quick reports can be easily developed through the Analytics tab, and tasks can be tracked on the Task Manager. If you're looking for a quick, simple-to-use, yet robust solution for your CS needs, StrikeDeck's Customer 360 template is the tool for you. Download your copy today at strikedeck.com. And now, back to our interview. So focus can be really tough for CSMs. They're often managing lots of customers. You mentioned this earlier, feeling a little bit stretched thin. I think that can be overwhelming and create a feeling that they don't know where to start. So how do you really teach your team to focus?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is where the the OKRs can come in. And that's going to the at the high level. Um, the OKRs should really guide people. And what we've done, as I mentioned, you know, we're, we're on our second version of it. And we've simplified the OKRs at the individual level. There's three parts to it. So there's three O's. The first O is literally what you need to get done for your day-to-day job. Like,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, I need to execute X amount of, let's say, QBRs or something to that effect. Or I want to visit, um, you know, at least three clients, you know, in person in this amount of time. So everything having to do with retention, expansion of your day-to-day. The second one is a project that will better enable you to execute on your day-to-day, but it could be something like we're revising the QBR or something to that effect, or we're going to you know, experiment with this new technology. So you know, we're, we're experimenting with uh, some marketing automation that the CSMs can use that you know, can improve you know, how they're engaging with their clients. Um, and then the third one is all about personal, uh, personal OKR. Um, you know, how are you going to improve your own personal skills whether it's if you want to get better at presenting or if you want to get better at challenging customers um, or, you know, we, we usually have a a high-level one, like, and, and actually I think productivity and client outcomes, deriving client outcomes is, is one of the ones that we're focused on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so if you do that, that's a starting point. I think the other thing that I've really, um, you know, looked at and sort of another technique and uh, it, it's a book called The One Thing and I don't know if you're familiar with it or not,
0: just from talking to you,
1: <laughs> oh, good. So yeah, so it's it's a book um, by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, and they're like you know massive in the in the you know real estate industry. If you're familiar with Williams, and it was originally designed for real estate agents, uh, who you know they it's it's difficult. Like you're trying to prospect and um, do all sorts of different things. And what the book does, and, and what is the, the idea of the one thing is, you think to yourself, okay, what's the one thing such that if I did it. It would make other things easier or unnecessary.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that could apply to so many different things. And it can apply to your financial life. It can apply to your personal life. It can apply to your work life. Like, And and, and I think about what I'm going to do. And I'll give a great example. Um, I had someone on my team. And you know she's one of my managers. And she was struggling a little bit in terms of managing her time. And I challenged her, okay, well, what's the one thing? And if you did that, it would make things easier or unnecessary. And as a manager where she was focused her time. And we did a breakdown of her time, where she's spending her time. And a lot of it was managing accounts. And she's not going to get to that strategic level that she needs to be at to manage um, her book of business and and, and the area that she managed. a very strategic part of the company, unless she gives up her accounts. And so her one thing, um, which we did get approval for, was to hire a CSM. And what's cool about this is that I literally did not give her permission to work on other strategic items until she nailed her one thing. She hired this person, she's now onboarding the person, and now and obviously you've got like tactical things that you need to do. Right. With these big strategic projects, you know, let's say revamping um, the onboarding process. I was like, no, like you need to hire this person. Like you can't take on another thing because if you revamp the onboarding process, it's going to take you away from hiring that person. It's going to give you more strategic leverage. So, you know, I, I highly recommend the book and there's a, there's a really good podcast as well. Although of course they should be listening to this podcast first, <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know, getting back to that, like kind of life altering type of mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really good. And, you know, I had a personal example where, you know, I really felt that I wasn't doing what I needed to do from a home perspective. And I was like, you know, my one thing is going to be making this mother's day, the best mother's day ever, uh, for my wife. Um, and you know, I, you know, I, I ended up making breakfast and I took the, you know, our kids out where I, you know, I was, was able to leave my wife, you know, by herself. Um, and you know, it was really great experience. So it's all again about focus and prioritization. Um, and Mother's Day should be every day. I want to be very clear about that. <laughs> but you know, it, I, I really made this a priority um, to improve there. Um, and again, so this is where it can you know be just life altering in terms of your approach.
0: How did how did Mother's Day come out? Did you get good feedback?
1: It was really good. I ran it client onboarding like ten out of ten on the onboarding survey. So it was really good.
0: <laughs> That's great. So, how do you like to approach processes? Because you've got a lot of you've got a lot of tactics that it sounds like you're using for time management for yourself and for your team. Um, do you like to plot everything out, or because you're pretty organized, so, um, or do you prefer to let your team kind of handle things in their own way? Because I, I could see it going both ways based on some of the things you've said. Um, in your experience, what approach drives the best productivity?
1: Um, I think, yeah. So, so first of all, thank you. Um, in terms of saying I'm very organized, I think that I've learned a lot over the years, I've made a ton of mistakes. Uh, and, and so I've learned from those, uh, that you really need the right structure in place for your team to, to get to that place where you can be the right coach and, 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 and leader for, for the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, and I think that in terms of process oriented person, I am more process oriented i am more like from a systems perspective but i do like to give my managers a lot of freedom uh, i think you you really can't plot out everything especially as a csm but I, I think where you need to focus on is what are those areas that are repeatable like the, you know the the clear areas like onboarding um your customer journey like those things you should have a, a very uh you know process systems systemized approach to that mm-hmm uh, but things like, for example, this is something that came up. It's like, well, how many times do I reach out until I get the customer to respond? I was like, well, you should literally do everything humanly possible or inhumanly if, if it takes to engage with a customer that's not engaging. Like, you know, I can't tell you like, you need to send three emails and two calls. Like, this is not like a business development rep. Um, you know, so you, you, know, you, you really need to you know, set those expectations. But you know, with a CSM, you, you have to train people so they can switch gears in the moment because that's really what it's about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there are certain things like, for example, like QBRs and other things that you want people to follow. So, you know, I like to give, uh, I like to have a, a, a structure, but I do like to give a lot of freedom. And, uh, you know, another example is, you know, with my managers, whether they take a slightly different approach to their onboarding because their, their customers are a little bit different,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I do have the same... Uh, you know, customer journey—you um, know—milestones or the same customer journey, kind of—you know—you know—areas like zones, like from onboarding to adoption in those phases. Uh, so, yeah. It, it, but it is—it is a balance. It's just a tricky balance, and I find that OKRs are very helpful because they do provide the transparency um, and guidance where I can see—you know—what people are doing, what they're focused on, and then leveraging the technology uh, so that you can—you can do that monitoring that I mentioned. Um, where you can see what people are, are working on and kind of where they're struggling.
0: Yeah, I I, I like the process to be there, but light personally. Um, I like to make sure that everyone is doing the same thing at the same time so that we can, you know, for, for the teams that I've managed and for our customers, so that we can measure what's working and not working. But I don't really like getting into process to the level of how to do it. It's like, here's what to do. But you can figure out the how to do it in your own way that makes the, the most sense for your time and your skills and your personality. Um, so that's kind of how I've done it for my teams. I don't know if that resonates with you at all, but that's.
1: It does. It does. And one of the things that, um, you know, I have a really you know talented director and she's really focused on. Um, empowering her team, and and this is the rest of the, the team as well, on some of the soft skills. So how to ask the right questions, and and how to you know act in that moment, how to challenge your customer, and so it's been really beneficial for the entire team. Uh, and, and so I think that you have to really help them, you know, do um, uh, role playing and things like that. Like your your team really needs that. And uh, you know, I was talking with another colleague of mine. He's recently done a survey, and it's an area that that's not um, like people are focusing more on the documentation. It's almost like I don't know shelfware, where you're going to create this document, it's going to sit in Google Drive, and people may or may not use it. What they really need is they need like on-the-spot training and how to you know handle objections, how to handle certain situations. Uh, those are the things I think that work the best. Um, and then the second thing is like the the new technology that that are out there and some of the, the customer success platforms with the playbooks, where in that moment it's providing you the right information at the right time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to shift gears a little bit um, because I like talking about incentives. That's one of my favorite topics. It's really interesting to think about compensation plans and rewards and how behavior changes when you put those things in place. How do you think that relates to productivity? Do those kinds of programs create any problems?
1: Uh, I, I think there is definitely a correlation there. I mean, people are motivated Different people are, are motivated differently. Uh, the, what I've seen is that you need, to, you need to have the right values in your team. You have to hire the right people that are not motivated necessarily. It's similar, let's say, to sales, um, where you know it's that, that commission-heavy approach. Although, I mean, it, it does work. There's no question. Uh, I, but I think if you have the right approach where you're trying to provide value, trying to help the customer, that's your starting point. Where I've seen compensation models work in a few ways. One, like let's say if you have a new product or something like that and you want to run a contest or a spiff, I think that that just gives the the necessary attention and motivation for that client success team to drive that through because sometimes when they'll see a new product, they're like, oh, this is just more work for me. How is this really helping? And it's like, no, it's like, this is our business. They're driving this forward. And people will get it. Sometimes they just need some help and part of the change management process. Mm-hmm. You know, what I've actually seen, and, and I actually um, leveraged something that I learned from you, and one of you know, because I know this is a big area for you, and you inspired me to uh, add a split commission model. Um, I use it as an accelerator, uh, and, and what we've done is, um, you know, it's like on a, a per for our business, like it's on a per unit basis. If a, a CSM has done a, a certain thing, we actually pay out. on on that specific thing so you can oh nice yeah like you can think of it as like you know MRR but we don't necessarily that's not necessarily how we go to market here um but it is it is definitely like a commission model and for expansions and just for an area of an area of our business where I really wanted um the team to focus on getting our our expansion um, area live this is not you know the onboarding this is the expansion I just felt that it wasn't being prioritized enough because it was a key part. So we actually um, commissioned the team on getting our expansion um, units live. Um, and it was what, what happened. What was really cool is that all of a sudden our sales team they were getting hounded by our CSMs because they're like, "Hey, you got these expansion opportunities. What's happening with them?" <laughs> um, and the sales team was like, "What's going on here?" Uh, because I, you know I shared it with one of the leaders, but it didn't disseminate down to the team. So yeah. It definitely had the right effect. And what was actually really cool is now the sales team has actually copied this um, for one of their projects that they're doing. So I think it was kind of neat that the CS team is actually um, influencing the compensation models for sales.
0: That's fantastic. Um, I'm excited to hear about that. I think... um... You know, everyone sort of thinks about compensation in terms of sales teams, but I think variable compensation can be used across any kind of team. Um, and it really kind of boils down to, you know, tying it to your goals and to the behaviors you're trying to drive and and being careful about that uh, so you don't get a Wells Fargo scenario going. But, <laughs> but I'm really glad that that worked out well for you. And it's very cool that you guys are inspiring your sales team on that front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were a new leader and you had to choose one thing to do to improve productivity across your team, what would that one thing be?
1: Hmm. Uh, I would say that going back to some of the things I mentioned earlier, that everyone knows what the goals of the team are um, and mm-hmm. what they need to focus on their own goals and how those relate back to the company goals. So, you know, and, you know when they create their goals, like they should have a lot of empowerment and they should have a lot of flexibility, obviously with the help of their managers um, but when you have goals, you have focus. So that's what that would be the one thing I'd focus on.
0: Okay, that sounds good. And you and I both love this last topic. And I'm going to ask you to stick to one answer, even though you could probably give me twelve answers. Um, what do you see as the biggest trend in our field right now, and why?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things. Uh, I would say that uh, what, what I've seen, and and it's it's been the most strategic in many ways, is this rise of CS operations and the importance of it. Yeah. I think that the, the way that's, that customer success has evolved, where it's just getting super complex, like there's, there's all this new technology, there's all these new groups that are part of customer success. And the leaders, you know, the, and the managers, like they, they, I think they should really be focusing on from a people leadership perspective. Um, and the operations should almost be separated out. Now, there obviously is obviously there's operations that the the managers and managers teams like they, they need to focus on, but they they really need help. And uh, I remember, you know, back when I was in my marketing automation days, when B two B marketing was tra- was transitioning because marketing automation technology was was changing what marketers were doing, and um, the similar thing they had, um, you know, marketing operations it, it became a new area. And I do think that's a similar thing. That we're seeing in customer success.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a really cool trend. Um, you know, sales teams have had ops groups for ages, and you know, the size of CS teams that are are running without that function right now is kind of crazy. And so, um, I appreciate you bringing that up, Chad. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You and I have a lot more to talk about, so I know you'll be back. I really appreciated your advice and I know our listeners did too. So thank you so much for taking time out for this interview.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Kristen. I mean, it was great to chat as always. And uh, yeah, for, for others like uh, you know who are listening in, uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or on Twitter. And you can also see some other things that I've written about on, on my blog at Enlightened Customers. And uh, yeah, I'd love to help other people out. And uh, if I meet you in person, please come up um, and chat with me.
0: Thanks, Chad. I also want to thank our sponsors, StrikeDeck and the Success League. To learn more about StrikeDeck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow StrikeDeck on LinkedIn or at StrikeDeck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, stitcher soundcloud and anywhere else you get your podcasts and finally thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us next time